Hear the word of God from Psalm 40. You can follow along in your own Bibles or it's up on the screen. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. O oh Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come, as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame, for they said, Aha, we've got him now. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, The Lord is great. As for me, since I am poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper and my savior. Oh my God, do not delay. This is the word of the Lord. I hate waiting. I really do. This is why I had to have somebody share a testimony on waiting, because if it was up to me, I have nothing good to say about waiting. I seriously, I'm the worst person. You can ask my wife. I'm the worst at waiting. I'm the most impatient person possibly in the world. Um, I hate waiting for, oh, I can't stand when I'm in traffic and not moving. Like literally, it drives me insane. I have to like drive 50 minutes out of my way just to feel like I'm moving, you know, because I just cannot stand waiting. I have to try different lanes. And when I go to a grocery store, I have to try different lanes, even though it's gonna take longer, I can't help it. Where I watch where that one person is in that lane, and when I switch lanes, I'm like, oh man, that person got out ahead of me. I can't stand it, I, I hate waiting. I hate the fact that the new Avengers Infinity War movie, I have to wait for that to come out. I'm like, oh, this is killing me. I wanna watch it so bad. I like, there's gotta be bootleg copy somewhere. I wanna watch it. As Tom Petty, which by the way, I'm very happy that I'm quoting Tom Petty. As Tom Petty says, 
the waiting is the hardest part. Anybody know that quote, just out of curiosity? All right, okay, all right, some Tom Petty fans. I appreciate that. Now, I don't believe I'm unique to our culture. I believe our culture has made industries on our inability to wait. Everything from fast food to instant coffee. I once had to order something from Amazon, and it said it wasn't available for my usual two-day prime shipping. And he said it was gonna take over a week to get here. And I was like, what? <laughs> over a week? I'm not ordering this, it's ridiculous. Expecting something from coming from all across America to be here and not here in two days. Oh my goodness. I mean, look what it's done to us. I was seriously was like, seriously, I'm not ordering that. Over a week? <laughs> you know, our hatred of waiting isn't just a result of our culture or a social trend. It's in some ways kind of profoundly human about us. I mean, I can look at my children and see how innate it is for them to hate to wait. I mean, believe me, yesterday we were at a birthday party and Josiah saw a birthday cake. And it was displayed. And I'm like, that's the worst thing to do, by the way. <laughs> Display the birthday cake that he's not ready to be eaten yet, you know? So Josiah saw the birthday cake, and Gina says, not until we sing happy birthday and blow out the candles. For the next three hours, Josiah was singing happy birthday every five minutes. <laughs> he was like, happy birthday? No, no, not yet. Okay, okay. But then he would try again. He was like, he hates to wait. He can't wait for cake. He wants his cake now. I mean, it's innate. It's human about us. He hates waiting. Yet so much of Christianity is waiting, isn't it? In the song we're looking at today, the psalmist celebrates waiting patiently for the Lord. Isaiah promises that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint, right? Waiting on God is, is a regular refrain, actually, in the life of faith. It's an expression of a healthy heart's desire. Isaiah 26, 8, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and re renown are the desire of our hearts. The Israelites, they waited time and time again for this coming king, for this promised one, for this Messiah. And now in this age of his advancing kingdom, we wait as much as ever and call to live in the shadow of his return. We, are, we wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 1. We are people waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Titus 2. The church is that community which has turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, Thessalonians 1. And knowing that when he appears, he comes to save those who are eagerly waiting for him, Hebrews 9.28. So waiting is a key theme in the Bible, but it's easier said than done, isn't it? It's hard to wait when everything seems so wrong. It's difficult to wait when you're in pain. It's hard to wait when everyone else seems to, to get what you need or what you want. Waiting, as Tom Petty says, is often the hardest part. Now here's the deal, here's three reasons really quickly why I wanna give you that God makes us wait. These are not a comprehensive list, this is just my little list that I've created. Three reasons why I believe God has called us to wait and makes us wait. Number one, waiting reveals our true motives. Isn't that right? Waiting has a way of bringing out the best and the worst in people. People who don't have good motives won't often wait long because they're not interested enough in the commitment to see it through. Most of us have good intentions, but a lot of what we want to accomplish in an attempt to make a name for ourselves or for our own ego. Waiting kind of strips down all the stuff around, the fluff around the thing that you're waiting for and reveals our true heart's intentions, whether we're really serious about it or whether we're not serious about something. Often waiting will also strip it down to be like, hey, why are you waiting for that thing? 
Is it for your own name, for your own glory? Is it for momentary pleasure? Whatever it may be. Not judging its motives, but it reveals its motives. Waiting will often reveal the motives what we're waiting for. Number two, waiting builds patience and transforms our character. Waiting builds patience. I love what Hillary said there. Do you guys heard what Hillary said about waiting, about perseverance, about suffering? How it develops and shapes who she is and hopefully became made her more like Jesus. Do you guys know who King David is? Yes? So King David, before he was king, he was a younger brother of a bunch of older brothers. And he was given the job of being shepherd. So he had to go watch the sheep. Well, one day, a prophet comes along and says, oh, David, you're now going to be king. For me, that would have been like the coolest day ever. Like, I'm the, youngest, I'm the younger brother um, to get the worst jobs in the house. And you to anoint me in front of everybody. This is the prophet of the Lord. Anoints me and says, I'm going to be king of the nation. I would have been like, sweet. Go get me a grape. I don't, know, I don't know why a grape came to mind. But that's what I would say. But you know what happens to David? What does he do? Anybody? He went right back to being a shepherd. He had to wait. And during that time of waiting, he was defending the sheep. He was learning how to protect it from the wolves and the things that would attack the sheep. He was writing poetry. He's developing his heart, his character. God was working in him so that when he became king, he was ready to be a good king. Do you see that? Right? Waiting builds patience. It transforms our character. Waiting, oftentimes, guys, hear this very well. Waiting is intentional. God makes you wait because he wants you more like Jesus because he cares for you to be more like Jesus than for you to get the results. For you to get whatever you were waiting for. And then three, God makes us wait because waiting builds intimacy and dependency upon God. You know, if... When Josiah asks for something, if I, if I give it to him immediately, he just knows that, oh, all I have to do is ask and he gets. If everybody around him just says, if Josiah just goes, Dorito, boom, Dorito shows up. He would do it all the time. It'd be really bad. But because I make him wait, but I make him wait for this Dorito, when I make him wait for his cake, he knows that, okay, if I wait, my dad will bring forth the Dorito. <laughs> my father will bring forth the cake. And he knows that he gets it from me. And there's this beautiful intimacy. There's this beautiful interchange. There's this beautiful relationship that comes when I say, my son, I also delight in you getting what you want. But there's something beautiful happening when you wait for it. And when you come to me and we take it together, as you eat this Dorito, as you eat the cake with me, I get to enjoy it with you. Waiting has a purpose. Waiting has a, there's a reason that God calls us to wait. We might not always understand why we have to wait, but the good news is that God never asks us to wait without him. So these are three really short, quick reasons why waiting, why God makes us wait. So now we see the importance of waiting. We see that we are people of waiting. We see that the God is a God of making his people wait. And not out of any kind of cruelty, but because he cares more about who you look like and what you become. When I say look like, who you become like. When I say Jesus Christ. That he cares about you receiving a car, or whatever else, the thing that is you're waiting for. So we see the importance of waiting. We will use then Psalm 40 as our hearts cry in waiting, but also as a tool in teaching us how to wait well. So Psalm 40, as we dive into this, we'll see an example of King David crying out to God as this, as this psalm of waiting. This is an expression of his waiting. This is an expression of somebody who's been in a tough, tough place, who's experiencing a tough time, who's also waiting on God to do something. So we see that for those of you who are in that place of waiting, this psalm for you can just be your expression of waiting. 
but also for us, those of us who are, waiting, who are all called to wait in some way or shape or form, this is also a means of learning how to wait well. How do we wait well? Psalm 40 continues this theme of waiting in the book of Psalms that started with Psalm 37. So 37, 38, and 39 has this idea, this theme of waiting on the God, calling out to him and him responding. David is sharing this, this time of waiting in this psalm, and Calvin, John Calvin translates this idea of when he says, I waited, he, he translates it this way. He says, in waiting, I waited. He translates this very first this very first verse here in Psalm 40 is that I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. John Calvin translates it, in waiting, I waited. God's timing was not David's timing. He waited for the Lord to move, believing that he would do so in right time. Psalm 131 says something very interesting. David in Psalm 131 says, that, I do not occupy myself with things too great for me, but I've calmed my soul like a weaned child with its mother. This image of a weaned child is something that we need to pay attention to when it comes to waiting. It's a weaned child. Do you guys know what a weaned child is, by the way? Anybody? Most people are shaking their heads. No. Good. Way to be honest. Right? Who knows what a weaned child is? Please, Bethany, go ahead. I saw you as you Right? What's a weaned child? Anybody? Somebody give me an answer. Right? Uh, it's a child who no longer is utterly dependent upon... Um, it's still dependent upon the mother to feed them, but no longer breastfed, no longer at the point where it's old enough to say, I keep knowing when and how to kind of eat. It's this image of a child who um, may be hungry, but rather than wail like the infant they once were, was, this child can wait. He has learned that a meal will come in due time. A wean child is one that says, you know, when your baby's an infant, they just go, I'm hungry, ah! right? And they start crying. And they'll cry because they don't, know how, they don't know how to wait. They just cry. Well, what David is saying here is that image of a weaned child is what we need. To, that's how we are called to wait. We're like a weaned child. We've been given the breast milk of nourishment. We've been given this food. We've been given it over and over again. So now we're a weaned child. So we know that food will come. So in waiting, I wait. So how we wait is key. This passage tells how... It tells others about the one we wait on and our amount of hope we have. Waiting is hard, but how we wait is so, so very important. So we're going to look at how David waits, see what he does. And I've noticed four different ways that David waits here in Psalm 40. So hopefully this will help you out in your waiting. Four different ways that David waits here in Psalm 40. Number one, David waits well by looking at the past faithfulness of God. David waits well by looking at the past faithfulness of God. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear. He inclined. That Hebrew there that translates means that literally God bent down. He stretched himself out to attend to David. As you and I would bend down and take care of a needy child, when, when Hudson comes up to me and goes, up, up, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. That's me inclining. There's this, there's this imagery here of him coming down. There's this imagery of a desperate child reaching out for a dad, saying, dad, please help me. And he says, that's what God did. He inclined, he came down into a dark and desperate place. We don't know exactly what was going on in David's life here. But we do know that his imagery is using one that just talks about chaos, darkness, hopelessness, and despair. 
this miry clay, this pit of destruction, the miry bog. This is what he's feeling. Dark imagery of, of desperate times, of desperate situation. And David's saying, out of that, out of that, God bent down. He got into the dirty stuff. He got into the, the miry clay. He got into the pit. He came to me. When I couldn't go to him, when I had nowhere else to go, God came to me and rescued me. So David, in his remembering, is remembering about this time when he was in utter despair and God rescues him, set his feet upon a rock. David, in describing this experience, is kind of describing to us the gospel, isn't he? I mean, isn't that what sin has done to us? It's trapped us in a pit of destruction where we were already dead in our sin and in our trespasses. God brought our hearts to life and called out to him. He, he, he took us from where we were, apart and separate from God, in a place of emptiness, wanting and longing to be loved, wanting and longing to be known, wanting and craving purpose in this world. And he took us from this place of kind of chaos, not knowing who we are, to a place where he's inclined, he bent down, and he took us by hand and says, you now in Jesus can be known, you can be loved, and I'll take you out of this pit of destruction, take you out of the pit of despair, and say, you are known, I love you, you're mine, and you have purpose. This is what David reminds me, this David is saying that this is the gospel, he rescued us. And as we are waiting, we need to remember the gospel truth and promise to us that we are rescued people. We are radically loved people. We are forgiven people by the work of Jesus. Here's the deal, guys. The only way I think there's possible to wait patiently on the Lord, the only way possible to wait well is to believe the gospel. It's to believe the good news. See, here's the deal, and this is what I think. If we live in this world, and, and if there's nothing else in this world but the world as we know it, if there's no hope for tomorrow, there's no hope of being known and forgiven of our sin, if there's no hope of righteousness, and there's no hope of heaven, and there's no hope of relationship with God, then there is no hope. And if there is no hope, there is no sense of waiting well. Do you get that? Because fundamental to waiting well is hope. Do you hear me? fundamental to waiting is the only way I'm able to wait for you know a, a birthday present the only way I'm able to wait for healing the only able only way I'm able to wait for a child to be born or a child to come to my life is the only only way I was able to wait for Hudson is that hope that Hudson would be there hope that I have a God who will take care of us and guys ultimately guys in this world you go through struggles and terrible situations that oftentimes in this world isn't fixed and the only way you can survive in this world of disappointment is that there's a hope of a better world. Do you hear that? Can I just be honest and real with you guys? Oftentimes, yes, there's truth that, yes, hope can happen in this world and good things can happen in this world, but there are oftentimes in this world, and you guys know, you guys have maybe experienced it or seen someone else experience it, maybe you're experiencing it now. There are times in this world that it's, the bad thing is not ending. Your pain is not going away. The thing that you're waiting for is not happening. But you have hope in the God who created this world saying that this is just a short time and there is eternity before you. And that is the only way you can survive in this world. That is the only way you can wait well. Do you have that kind of hope? Do you know Jesus in that way?
we wait well because we remember the work and we look back at the past faithfulness of God. Two, we wait well, David waits well by talking about the past goodness of God. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell them, yet they are more than can be told. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. David shares and shares often with others the good news of the gospel and the work of his mighty God. It's on his lips. He's saying, no, no, nothing restrained me. Nothing held me back. I am proclaiming it and boldly proclaiming it over and over and over again. I'm letting everybody know of your goodness and what you've done. Let me tell you this. The way you wait well is by talking to others about God and about the reason why you wait. Right? Let me explain that. This makes you an active waiter. Not like a waiter this way, but you know. What it means is, like, here's the deal. When you wait, it often feels very passive, doesn't it? When you're like, okay, I got to wait for something to happen. So you just kind of sit there like... You know, that's what it feels. But when it feels like when you say, "Oh, you're supposed to wait on the on Lord, or wait for God, or you wait for something," you just kind of feel like you're just sitting there. But in actuality, God's calling you to be a passive waiter, or actually active waiter. Sorry, not passive. What it literally means, guys, I want you to hear this. This is really cool. Is when you share the gospel, and when you share the gospel with others, when you proclaim the good news of who God is and what He's done, you're actually active in making and bringing forth what you're waiting for. Isn't that crazy? Let me explain what that means. Did you know that God is on a timetable, that God is going to move and he's going to restore his kingdom? He's going to make all things right. What was broken, he's going to make new. But he's designed to say, he said that he'll do that when the ends of the earth, when the nation's all here. So when we share the gospel, we're active participants in what God is going to do, actually bringing forth the time when God's going to make all things new. Does that make sense? We get to be active participants in, on, on what we're waiting for. And I don't know about you, but that just feels better for me. Because when I'm driving, and the worst thing in the world is when I just sit there and wait in traffic. I hate sitting and saying, I'd rather actually like, actively look for detours much more than just sitting there, right? Is that just, is that, am I the only one that does that? I'd much rather be active than passive. God's calling you to be an active waiter. But also, this proclaiming and teaching reminds yourself of the truth. You learn most when you share or when you teach others, don't you? You know, I remember when I was, like, I used to tutor SAT or tutor math and stuff. I was like, oh, I know this so much better myself now. Because something about when you teach others, you learn the material so much better for yourself. Guys, can I tell you this? There are many, many reasons why you should be called to proclaim and share the gospel, proclaim the goodness of God. But these two huge reasons that help you wait well is this. One, it makes you an active waiter. When you proclaim the word of God, what you're waiting for, you actually help bring forth and make it happen. So guys, you need to be out there telling people about the good news of Jesus as you're waiting for him to move in your life. Do you hear that? Every one of you, 
Every one of you, there is no exception, there is no uh, exception to this rule. Every one of you need to be proclaiming of who Jesus is. You need to be proclaiming of the goodness of God. You need to be boldly proclaiming. You need to be faithfully proclaiming. You need to be telling people about Jesus and the good news. Because it makes you actually bring forth what God's going to do. It's what you're called to do. But two, also, you need to do this because it reminds you of the gospel. And when you're waiting, don't you need to be reminded of it? There are times when we've waited for something, when we've waited for Hudson, we need to be reminded that God is good. When Hillary and Greg were spending all this money on fertility treatments and waiting and being envious of other people, they needed to be reminded that God is good and His will will be done. We need to be boldly proclaiming because it reminds ourselves but also reminds your brother and your sister. And three, you wait well by confessing. You wait well by confessing. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. There are more hairs, more than, there are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Guys, acknowledging your sin and your inability to conquer it by yourself is one of the biggest first steps. Only when you identify the issue can you really start to fix it. It's when you, when you start identifying, when you go to the doctor, once you identify the actual issue going on, when you go to the mechanic, once you identify the source of that noise, then can you actually start working on it. The issue in your waiting, what makes you not wait well often is your sin. Do you hear that? What makes it often difficult for us to wait well is often our sin because we want to be in charge of our timing for everything. We believe we know better than God. We want our way. It's your pride, it's your hubris that often makes waiting well difficult. And when we acknowledge our sin, when we confess our sin, we say, God, you're right, this is, waiting is hard, waiting is difficult for me because my sin is here. This is what starts, our character starts being shaped and changed into the likeness of God. Then God starts working to the root of our issues and our inability, our control issues because we've never felt control over anything else and we want to be God. And we start giving that up when we wait well and we confess our sin. You confess it and you acknowledge your need. Not just to God, but to each other. You know, when, 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 he, when we confess our sin to each other, we start acknowledging, we start helping each other out, and we start saying, guys, this waiting time stinks. And I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And there are times, guys, can I just be honest with you, how, politics frustrates me to like no end. You know, and I'm at this point now in, with politics where I'm just kind of like, Ugh, that's, that's what I want to do. You know, I just, that's not how I feel. And part of me, just this idea of politics, when I think about it, I'm just kind of tired and sick and tired of, like, why can't it be better? You know, that's kind of what I think about. It. I'm like, why just can't it be better? And then I confess and acknowledge, well, you know, I confess and acknowledge my own sin, thinking that I know better than everybody else then. <laughs> I confess and acknowledge the fact that I just wish my way, and I think my way is better. I, I still think I do, but it's, that's a whole other thing. When we confess our sin, then we start realizing, guys, that we think we know more than God. And realize what makes waiting well, how we can wait well, is when we stop, stop trying to be God. And start learning to trust God. And that leads to the last way to wait well, is when you wait well when you acknowledge your need and take comfort. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. 
May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. This is King David speaking. He's the king. He's the king. He's powerful. He has everything. He has money. He has armies. He has wealth. He has it all. And what does he say? He says, as for me, I am poor and needy. I mean, you hear his need, the rawness. The, the, he's just throwing it out there. He says, God, I just, I'm poor and I'm needy. And I'm struggling in this waiting. I'm struggling. And I don't have what I need to get this through this. And I love it. It says, but the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. But the Lord, probably some of the greatest words in all of life. But the Lord. Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, O Lord. It's going to sound weird. I'm just going to say it. I'm debating whether or not to say this, but but is the greatest word ever. I said it. You're welcome. It really is. Here's the situation. I am poor and needy. We are poor and needy. God, we're waiting. And honestly, we don't wait well, but we want to wait well. God, we need you to do something. God, we need a rescue. God, this world is struggling. God, there is genocide. There is slavery. There is racism. There is hatred. There is sickness. And there is death. There is cancer. And it stinks. And we hate it. God, we need something. We're poor. We're needy. We can't fix it. But God takes thought of us. Those are great words, isn't it? Those words promise that in the midst of all of this, you're not alone. In the midst of every issue, everything that we're facing, you're not alone. You're never waiting by yourself. And in the midst of all that, but God, he still conquers. He's still king. And our hope resides, relies in the fact that he's sovereign and more powerful over all of it. that he can take us from the miry clay, from the pit of destruction, pit of despair, and he sets our feet upon the solid rock. I don't know where you guys are at and you're waiting. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you're waiting for healing. Maybe you're waiting for just this world to be better. Oh, what is the song? Waiting on the world to change. Maybe you're waiting for a husband or a wife. Maybe you're waiting for children. Maybe you're just waiting to kind of figure out life and know what it's all about. Can I tell you something? How we wait well tells others about the God that we trust in. And for those of you who don't know Jesus, if there's somebody in here who doesn't know Jesus, how to wait well in him, can I tell you that but God is for you. That he can take you from the pit and wherever you're at. He can take you from despair. And he can set your feet upon the rock. If only, if only you call upon his name. You can be known. You can be loved. And you can have incredible purpose. Let's wait well. Because God is good. Amen?
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your love. God, we thank you that we can look back and see all the goodness and your faithfulness. God, we can see examples of your love. We can see examples of your rescue in our lives and the lives of others. And we can say, God, you are good. And so in your faithfulness, we rest. In your faithfulness, we wait well. God, we thank you that, God, that, that the, the, the reality is that our hope is not found in ourselves, God. But God, that it's found in you. God, we look back and see that, God, we thank you that we can confess our sins to our brothers and our sisters. God, we can acknowledge that we are needy, and God, that you give us comfort. God, we thank you that but God is our reality. So we ask, Lord, for anybody in this place who's waiting, may you comfort them, may you speak to them, and may they put their trust fully and completely in you. In Jesus' name, amen.